Aldous Huxley was an English writer and philosopher. He wrote nearly 50 books. And here's his quote about history. That men do not learn very much from the lessons of history is the most important of all the lessons of history. Welcome to the History Slices Podcast. A mother-son duo discussing awesome bits of history. We prove on every show that history is not boring. Entertaining, yet stimulating. This is History Slices. And now, here's your hosts, Jacob and Rachel. Well, hey, Jay. Hey, Mom. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you? It's going well, as always. It's a beautiful day today. It is. Yeah, I was out there earlier. Yeah, it's finally starting to warm up. That's exciting. (laughs) I'm excited for this week's topic. Do you, you remember? What I remember it is? it's about yes. folklore. That yes. was it's a little bit vague. Your your teaser last it, last time. It but. was yeah. Well, I was still in the process of developing yeah. it. So hopefully, what I presented today will be interesting. I certainly think it is. Uh, basically, this is a little bit of a departure from what we usually talk about, but I thought this is a really interesting, like, kind of side nugget to talk about. It goes out saying a lot of this is very much the surface level stuff. If you're really interested in it, look it up. I, I guarantee it's really interesting. There's so much. There's so much out there. Right. I know when I was a young girl, I used to love going to that section of the library that had all the folklore and especially was fond of, like, the Alaskan folklore stories. Oh, really- yeah. Very fascinating. I love that kind of stuff. That is interesting. You're talking about that because Inuit kind of style folklore is very much like how to survive in a harsh environment. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. so much like right or wrong, I guess, technically, you know, like a lot of later um, belief systems, I guess, if you want to call them that. They're kind of more like justice and, you know, like how to conduct yourself every day and in a lot of more, I guess, earlier um, civilizations. If, you, if that's the right way to say it, uh, it's more about like, well, here's how to not die, first yeah, of all, yeah, and not starve and freeze. Yeah, that's really cool, too, to see like what the themes were, what the popular themes and the tone of them were. Sure. So, yeah, I'm well, ex- excited to hear what you have to say today. Well, sir, so I've chosen four subjects or four topics, I should say. It's, subjects is a wrong connotation. I've chosen four topics to talk about today involving folklore. The first one is the fair folk. Do you know what that is? Are like fairies? Yeah, like okay. fairies. Yeah. The reason why they're called the fair folk is also called the gentle folk sometimes or gentle whatever. You don't want to tick them off. Oh. <laughs> this is a sign of respect. They're found mainly in European, especially British folklore. Mm-hmm. And unlike what Disney will have you think, they run the gambit of sizes. Sometimes they're like real small, like a, you know, like Tinkerbell or whatever. And other times they're around the size of a person. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Also, on the original folklore, they didn't have wings, or at least that wasn't as common. Now it's more of a Victorian artwork thing. Because huh. there's a big boom in f- interest in fairies uh, around that time. Oh, wow. Um, so first of all, you used to know that the word fairy, it can mean several different things. It's a bit broad, it's a bit vague, and it often is applied to a number of fantastical, weird stuff and isn't necessarily like what... We would we hear the word fairy, you think of Tinkerbell, you know, and it does doesn't always mean that in stories, which makes it difficult to research. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're just going to go in with the more popular definition. Stories of fairies have been around for like ever, but during the Victorian and Edwardian eras, like I mentioned before, there's a big boom in stories about fairies, artwork about fairies. There's a very famous hoax where these girls cut out pictures of a magazine or whatever and basically made it look like they had images of them with fairies. Oh, yeah. wow. Like, this was back when photography was still very early uh-huh. on. And a lot of people were convinced at the time, but then they later admitted, like, no, we made it up. It's wow. not. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ideas about, like, where these stories come from. What are they? You know. And there's an idea of among people who believe that they exist, which obviously isn't everyone. It's one of those, like, regional things. Like, in Ireland, the belief in a fair folk is... A lot of people buy into that. Uh, well, in like America, not so much. You know, it's a different culture. But the idea is they might be demoted angels, which is not a fallen angel. A demoted angel, I don't know if this makes sense, but the idea is that when the war in heaven happened, you know, and God cast out the bad apples, the ones in heaven stayed angels, the ones in hell became demons, and the ones on earth got stuck on earth. <laughs> mm, interesting. And, yeah, so that's one theory or one idea. I've never heard that before. Yeah, there's also the idea that it might be like pagan deities, like what the uh, the pagans worshipped, demons, ghosts, whatever. Back in the day, there was a thought that they were a previously, or previously, prehistoric unknown race of people, which obviously is a little suspect, <laughs> but it's interesting what they think of. Yeah. So... Th- what a fairy is, is basically a magical person, the sort and skinny of it is, and where they are in terms of morality or in terms of presence varies drastically depending on the story, and they often have a very alien sense of thinking and a very alien sense of, like, right and wrong, like they have... Now, when you say alien, you mean from outside, or you don't mean, like... Um, I don't mean space alien. Extraterrestrial No, alien. no, I mean, like, in terms of... Very, uh, foreign. Yeah, different from how people, right. how humans think and see oh, okay. things. Um, I understand the confusion. They often have a lot of, like, crazy complex rules, and if you break them, and you don't often realize you're breaking them because they're crazy <laughs> and complex and it's never explained, uh, then terrible things happen to you, oh. and... Um, and there's a lot of stories in praying, praying, playing pranks, oh. both like kind of harmless and harmful pranks, like, you know, uh, tying up like a, a girl's hair up when she's asleep or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, like the tooth fairy also mm-hmm. is, is, uh, it's not a prank, but it's, uh, it's interesting. I never thought about a tooth fairy in the sense of like the fairies that you're describing now. Yeah. I never really thought of it like that. I don't know the origins of the tooth fairy. I didn't think to look yeah, it up, yeah. but yeah, they're, um, they're honestly folklore fairies, not Disney childhood fairies. Folklore fairies are terrifying to me. Like they're, there's these things called fairy circles, which is like a like a circle on the ground and fairies would dance in it. And if you happen to enter one, it wouldn't be good. Like either you dance forever or oh. you come out and centuries had passed in like the rest of the world, kind of like Rip Van Winkle. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. you're, you just, uh, same thing with like don't eat fairy food or drink their, their meat or whatever, you know, because yeah. terrible things happen. Isn't that interesting? It um, reminds me a little bit of, of the Outlander 
book series and it's now a series. Um, I know you've been watching that, yeah. Yeah, but it has to do with um, not so much the fairies, but the standing stones and, you know, in a circle and yeah. being like a portal or passageway to a different time. So, but I've heard of fairy circles before too. Yeah, they, uh, I don't know what it is. It might just be because it's a geometric shape or whatever, but circles feature a lot in um, kind of legends and folklore yeah. and stuff like that. There's this one area, I can't remember where it is. I want to say it's on like the East Coast somewhere. And I'm just thinking of it now or remembering it now, I should say. There's this area called like the Devil's Circle. And it's basically this, uh, this patch of ground that is nothing grows in it. And it's like, it's just a complete circle. And it's like in the middle of like the forest or whatever. So there's plant life all over the place except this one area for whatever reason. Don't know why. I'm sort of some natural explanation. Uh-huh. But local superstition has it that that's where the devil would go and like hang out is in wow. that circle. Wow. Kind of makes you want to stay away. Even <laughs> if it's not true, it's like just in case. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so many places like that throughout like the whole world that like, oh, this area is haunted or this area, sure. you know, yeah. the goat man lives here. Where, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. I want to, before we move on, I want to talk briefly about changelings. Changelings. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Uh, Yes. Let me guess. Uh, or let me see if I remember. Okay. <laughs> um, first of all, it makes me think of um, A Wrinkle in Time for some reason. Mm. I don't know if there's a changeling in that book or I know. if that author. There's a safe shifter. I don't if know. There's there's a, a, it's not the same thing, though. If that author wrote another book called The Changeling or something. See, but is a, a changeling where um, like a baby is born and then either dies right away or something happened to having to do with the baby and they change into like the fairies come and take them or something to that effect. Yeah, basically the idea is that a fairy, sometimes it's a goblin or a troll, you know, the story it changes depending on where it's being told and who uh-huh. tells it. Like Scandinavia, trolls are more popular, I mm. think, but that's just my vague <laughs> <laughs> understanding idea, of yeah. that. Yeah. They will steal a newborn baby and replace it with their own baby. Oh. And back in the day, this was used to explain birth defects or disorders oh. or, or whatever, both physical stuff and mental stuff, because they didn't know what, what was up with that. How sad to have a baby that might have some defects and then think it's a troll baby. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> or a fairy baby or really isn't your baby. Mm-hmm. That's the stories, the stories usually end up with the magic kid, whoever, because they're they're very strange and they're very different than everyone else. They usually disappear back into the forest or wherever, you know, because uh, they don't really belong with humans. Right. There's actually was a recent horror movie that had this premise. I didn't see it because I'm not really into horror movies that much. Sometimes I, it depends on what it's about, <laughs> but um, I I thought that's an interesting idea for a horror movie, and it kind of fits. I thought, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, I can see how that would be scary. Yeah. So in terms of defending yourself against the fae, which is another name for them, fair folk, whatever fairies, uh, you have uh, these nightmare beans. You have a uh, cold iron. That's like a lot of um, stories talk about how cold iron specifically <laughs> is like deadly to them or whatever or at least is a great repellent for them wow i don't know why yeah. i'm not I mean, sure like what form from. like a pipe or a pan or a i don't know i yeah. just general i okay. guess it's kind of like a typical weakness they say they also in a lot of stories again this depends on like which story you're there's a lot of variation at. yeah they can't tell lies though oftentimes they will lie by a missing or by twisting truth uh-huh. or whatever you know but they uh-huh. can't all right tell a falsehood and they're very prideful you know sort of the stories go so like there are ways to kind of like if you're clever enough and you know what you're dealing with you can kind of 
work your way out of it, but most people don't. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really fascinating. Yeah. So that's this was an interesting scene. I thought, yeah. oh, okay, well, we can stop. So in that. general, it's better just to not come across a, a fairy or one of those beings because yeah. they're they'll probably win. Yeah. <laughs> and they're 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 not nice, at least not by our standards. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe oh. by their standards, but not by ours. So the next thing I want to talk about. And this is a much more American thing because that was a very European thing we're Uh talking about. Fearsome critters. Basically, when Europeans started to colonize New World and America became a thing, like the country, obviously, and they, uh, you know, started to expand out west and stuff. There was a lot of kind of tall tales and a lot of, I don't know what you call it, like legends about various creatures and various strange looking animals and stuff. Like, you know, the story of Paul Bunyan? Yeah. Yeah. His big blue ox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, there's been some, I don't know if disgust is the right word, but there's been some thought among people who know about this and study this stuff that that might count as a fearsome critter, uh, just because it's like a very strange animal that yeah. shows up in these stories. These things are basically unknown outside of America. And even in America, they're kind of obscure. Yeah. Just nowadays. Yeah. You mean um, the fearsome critters? Yeah. After? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and in that particular instance, too, Paul Bunyan himself was like an enormous person. Yeah. Like so. for, for our non-American listeners who don't know who Paul Bunyan is, the story goes that he he's basically like this giant uh like he's like a lumberjack too yeah Yeah. lumberjack and the story goes that one day he was walking and his axe was being dragged along the ground behind him and that created the grand canyon Mm -hmm. to give an idea of how (laughs) crazy that is it's like it's just an american kind of like a tall tale i guess yeah yeah. but i wanted to uh i want to talk a bit about some of these critters because they're pretty interesting and unique yeah and of course Kind of related to like the fairies, a lot of what they actually look like changes us based on a story. It's more of um, what they do that's like a consistent thing. Uh-huh. So the first one is the side hill gouger. Um, and there's actually a couple names for this thing. Most of which I can't pronounce. <laughs> so whatever. Basically, it's well, sometimes it's described as like an alligator looking thing with armadillo's armor other times it's a deer with rabbit ears you know like the look drastically changes what is consistent though is that it's a predator with uneven legs two of its legs are longer than the other two so it's often found on hills and stuff oh you know uh it can get around on mountain slopes however it's impossible to chase people on level ground the design flaw there but that's like how you get away from it is you gotta get the heck off that uneven ground and onto like flatland oh that's really fascinating that makes me think of like mountain goats and Things like that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So the other one, there's no one called a hodag. Never uh, heard of it. Yeah, it's, well. Cur- Sounds like something you're trying to say backwards. Yeah. <laughs> currently, it's the mascot for the Rhinelander High School in Wisconsin, which I think is funny. Oh, that's um, It's a mismatch of animals. Uh, specifically, it's described as having a frog's head, an elephant's face, with large claws, and a dinosaur's back. Which I'm not sure what that means. but <laughs> What a strange... Thing to have as a mascot. I know. <laughs> um, so that's fun. I just thought that was like a fun like yeah. thing. And of course, a lot of these guys, when they're not mischievous or, or goofy, they're like, oh, watch out, gonna get ya, you know. Uh, squonk, which is like a fun one. It's a really sad animal. It allegedly lives in Pennsylvania and is super ugly. 
it has a warts and blisters and like hives and it's just like this ugly looking thing so it lives all day underground where no one can see it because huh. it's so insane of how ugly it is oh. and at night it spends all night crying over like oh i'm so hideous oh. um it's a real terrible story <laughs> but i thought it was funny like <laughs> Bored frontiersmen coming up with like these ideas. Wow, yeah, that's a really crazy. That that makes me think of um, cats. Like yeah. if you ever, I've just I, I just remember like as a kid because I had cats or a cat, sure. and I'd hear it outside at night sometimes, just crying and kind of making a lot of noise, you know, mm-hmm. out there. And it, I wonder if you know, it just makes me wonder what the impetus is for some of these tales. Sure, what started? Yeah. It could have just been cats out there arguing or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Also, I should say that, like, no one, be- as far as I know, no one believes in these these critters. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, people still believe in. And I want to kind of address that when we get to it. But right now, this is purely fictional yeah. uh, as far and as people most people know are concerned. that it's fictional. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't know about them is the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, the most famous one is probably the jackalope. Right. Um, which is a, uh, like, a viscous killer rabbit with antlers, uh-huh. like a deer antlers. You see fake taxidermy of them like all over the yeah. Southwest because it's like a fun joke that people have. President Reagan at one point claimed to caught one, but that was probably a joke. <laughs> I'm going to give him benefit of doubt and say that was a joke. Um, <laughs> also, there is a medical condition that rabbits have, which like really m- makes their incisors grow really large, and it it's really unhealthy because they end up like starving because they can't. Oh gosh. Yeah, but. Um, some people think that maybe that might have been where this idea could have possibly yeah. came from. Also, rabbits will often have their ears straight up when they're going, which has fooled me a couple times <laughs> because we used to see in the night when someone <laughs> runs across, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> Jack fine. Lip. Oh, no, okay. No. A, uh, this one has a long name, so I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Aversboro Gillinipper. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, they, they, a lot of them have really goofy things like this. This is basically a hawk-sized mosquito that lives in North Carolina. It that can sounds terrible. It can drain a man in one bite. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was pretty badass, so I included it on the list. But, yeah, that's a like... A hawk-sized mosquito. That's like some, like, um, H.R. Geiger levels of nightmares. Yeah, right that, that really is. That's super scary. Mm-hmm. I've seen some big mosquitoes before in Alaska, but yeah. not no, one. Not is, quite not that big. Not quite that no. big. Uh, fur-bearing trout. Which is what it sounds oh like. Goodness. That's another popular taxidermy joke. Oh, that's Where people so funny. will just put fur on a trout. <laughs> you know? um, that's a funny one. Yeah. The, what does that trout do? Do you know? Like, I don't know. I think just, it's just, uh, it's just a, a fish like, with fur. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of one of those like weird things. Yeah. The hide behind. And this is my favorite one. It's a creature so good at hiding behind things or people, as the case might be. No one has ever seen it. <laughs> it could be behind you right now, listener. You would never know. Uh, unless you're, of course, you're like staying up against the like a wall behind. or something. But yeah. I never heard of that either. Really? Like, yeah, I wonder. Um, I've known about this for like years. Well, I wonder if it's something that parents would use to say, you know, you better be good or the hide behind is going to, you know, know what you're doing or Maybe, something. Maybe, yeah. There, there, there's another one here that. I'm remembering now I didn't put down, unfortunately, but basically there's this type of bird that has backwards feet so that hunters, when they're following the footprints, will end up going <laughs> to where it's gone and not where it is. I love that one. Yeah, so it's just kind of clever. Just flipping the feet around. Yeah. <laughs> this is a clever That's hilarious. One. Yeah. So there, there's tons more. There's a whole bunch of them. And if you're curious, look them up. They're a blast, but... I just do them because they're fun. They're freaky sometimes. You know, they're just, I don't know. I just think it's its 
it's fun. They're pretty out there. They're pretty out there. Yeah. And I wish that more people know about them, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so they can come up in conversation every now yeah. and then. <laughs> so I, I have a use for this useless <laughs> knowledge I have. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about are old wives tales. And I'm not sure how rice for the term is, so I'll define it real quickly. An old wives tale is a superstition or an urban legend or whatever that is passed down from at least back in the day, was passed down from an older woman to a younger woman, kind of a generational thing. Mm -hmm. I think that term's a little outdated now just because gender roles aren't as, I guess, defined now as it was then. Yeah. But that's um, interesting, though, because it, you know, it signifies something. Old wives tell means a certain thing. So yeah. aside from any uh, evolution of the word wife or whatever, you know, modern, it's still old wives tell is still like an it's old still wives tell. It's still a term, yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of these claims are pretty funny or interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to read off a couple yeah. of them. First of all, all these are not true, by the way. <laughs> Wearing eyeglasses unnecessarily condemns your eyes. Your eyes are probably damaged to begin with if you need eyeglasses. Cracking knuckles gives arthritis. Speaking from personal experience as well as general medical consensus, that's not true. There, there's a fact, one guy, I don't remember his name, he spent like decades cracking the knuckles on like one hand, not the other. Just to, just to test it out. Just to test it out. And he's fine. There wow, wasn't that's any, determination. Yeah, but he got like a, a medical prize or something for it. Wow. Because he's like, see, it's, it, it doesn't. <laughs> Chocolate leads to acne. We both know that's not true. Uh, <laughs> making silly faces make said face stuck like that. Uh -huh. It's probably more just to keep kids from being goofy, uh -huh. honestly. Um, letting a wound dry out is a property to heal it. That's just dangerous. Um, masturbation leads to blindness and hairy palms. That's a famous <laughs> one. I get the blind thing. That's a pretty terrible fate. But what's so bad with hairy palms? I don't know. I don't get that. Regardless. Jacob, that's hilarious, it's, though. It's, <laughs> because you'd look like the uh, werewolf man yeah, or something. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, regardless, Can you imagine? that's not true. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Having high heart rates while pregnant leads to female children. That's not how that works. Huh. Having your toes pointed up signifies low blood sugar. Also, your toes pointed up? Yeah. Also not how that works. Mm. Swallowed gum stays in your stomach for several years. Uh -huh. It doesn't. I mean, you probably said <laughs> swallowed gum regardless, but it doesn't. <laughs> One has to wait an hour to swim after eating, maybe for some people, but generally no. Um, it's interesting that all of these have to do uh, so far with, you know, your body. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of it was like about pregnancy or about yeah. like women yeah. stuff, health stuff. Yeah. Right. Having white spots on your fingernails due to lying oh, or not eating vegetables. Uh -huh. In reality, it's, you got an injury at the base of your nail and that's what causes that. And it's usually just a guy like bent or hit in a way, hmm. but no, it, it obviously it doesn't Lying doesn't have any physical thing. Eating crust on sandwiches uh, or eating crust of sandwiches makes your hair go curly. Uh -huh. I don't know. I usually don't eat crust, so I can't really <laughs> judge that one. I hear one, that it puts but... hair on your chest, too. All right. Yeah. Um, it's possible to swallow your own tongue. Not <laughs> you can suffocate from your tongue, but unless it's cut off, you can't swallow it. Uh -huh. Saving makes your hair grow back thicker. This uh -huh. one might actually be true. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, every time I save, it feels like it goes. <laughs> it gets thicker, but I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, this is just like some fun, like... Uh, 
kind of goofy the stuff that Can I've I give heard you about. Two more yeah, of that, course. Um, I heard from my mom. Sure. That um, I don't know if this was her own little tale, just to mess with me. Sure. Or, <laughs> or if it's something that's more common. But she said that if you sleep with your mouth open and a fly flies by your mouth, your face would be stuck like that. So another one of those kind of silly faces right. things. So I used to sleep with my covers over my mouth because I was afraid okay. of that. And another I, thing I was she told always me, worried about sleeping with my mouth open because I'd fear a spider would crawl inside. <laughs> another thing she told me, and these are like I remember being around the age of five or so sure, and yeah. believing these things. Of course. You know, because before a certain age, everything your parents say is gospel. You just right. take it at face value. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, once you reach a certain age and it's different for different kids, you know, there comes a day where you're like, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so. <laughs> the other thing she told me was that uh, she had eyes in the back of her head. And right. so she could always see what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I literally thought that if I, you know, moved her hair around, I would be able to see a pair of eyes back there <laughs> in the back of her head. But yeah, those are. You think the hair would get in the way of her vision? Yeah, I know. You would think that. I guess as a kid, you don't think about yeah. that stuff. I was like, you know, she could uncover cover as needed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that, those are funny. Uh, thanks for sharing them. I just wanted to kind of, because some of these I've heard about, you know, uh-huh. with the gum I've thing heard almost all, all those, too. Yeah. yeah, very common. Yeah, stuff. And I thought, these are funny. They're goofy. Most of them are pretty harmless. Obviously, if you're bleeding, don't let, <laughs> don't bleed out, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, uh, I just thought it was a fun, like, kind of uh, tall tale stuff. The last thing we're going to cover is Tales of the East. And by East, I mean Japan. Obviously, there's a lot of different cultures there, and I don't want to <laughs> say it's all Japanese because that's not true. But specifically, I want to talk about um, Kami, I think it's how it's pronounced. And we'll get to that in a moment. I want to just quickly address a, a side thing. Due to how I researched this and the specific kind of weed patches I got lost in while doing so, this accent's a little different. It's more about a religion slash mythology than folktale uh-huh. the, there's some overlap there um just because of how Shintoism works i thought it was interesting to talk about it anyway anyways kami what's a kami uh, a kami is a Shinto concept they're basically spirits or deities as the case might be um at least that's how we would understand them uh and they represent a lot of different stuff like usually it's nature like trees lakes rocks whatever but a lot of times it's also dead people sometimes it's like households or like unanimate objects you know like shrines or pots or whatever mm. you know they're they're all over the place and there's a lot um they can be good or bad and there are apparently like 300 different types wow not individuals types wow. <laughs> so there's they're a, everywhere yeah they're everywhere in, in according to Shintoism it's obviously still a, a belief still held in Japan. And and I don't want, by including on this list alongside squonks and other crazy <laughs> made up stuff, I don't want to um, imply that I hold that lesser or that I'm disrespectful towards it. I just think it's a very interesting thing that I am in particular very ignorant about, <laughs> uh, even after doing all this research about it. So yeah, just so there's no confusion. And if I get anything wrong, I'm sorry, I'm an ignorant white American. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't be mad. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, and there's a lot of festivities and ceremonies that are 
held, being respectful or celebrating uh, these kind of, they're kind of like the fair folk. If you want to, you want to be respectful to them or else something bad will happen. Uh-huh. Like, oh, your crops are ruined or whatever, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And of course, there's also a lot of different conflicting stories about them. If I ever cover this topic again in some fashion, in some way, I'll probably talk a little bit more about different stories. But what I do have for you is I have some very famous uh, kami, which are, these ones are basically more like deities than spirits. But okay. I, I thought they were really interesting. Would you mind spelling that word for me? K-A-M-I. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things where Mandarin has the same thing, probably because there's a lot of overlap between those two languages, where when you translate the letters into English letters, the pronunciations are sometimes different. Mm-hmm. Like Lao Tzu, who is a Chinese philosopher from like centuries ago, like a long time ago, his name is spelt like Lao Tzu or whatever, you know, what it, it's not, there's a T in there, which isn't pronounced uh-huh. when you say the name. Uh-huh. It's fine. That's just how it is. But the re- what that leads to me is I mispronounce all the stuff. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not like being purposely ignorant. I'm just, that's just, I'm just It's dumb. always tricky. It's, it's always, always tricky. tricky. Yeah. So I'm a Tisseru, I guess. She's a sun goddess. Um, shows up a lot in like video games nowadays, you know, huh. and kind of popular culture, at least popular culture coming out of Japan. Her shrine is in Isi, Isi, Isi. I don't know how you pronounce that. It's a city. And that's a major like pilgrimage site, major tourist site. Wow. A lot of people come and wow. like look at it or pay respects or whatever. And a lot of the pixels I found of her have her as this beautiful woman. So that's cool. So she's just like a uh, less jerk Zeus kind of. That's really interesting. And it makes me think of, wasn't Ra the sun goddess uh, in the Egyptian? He was a god, but yeah. Sun god. Oh, yeah. Ra, that's right. He was a god. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, in uh, Egyptian mythology, yeah. Ra um, carried the sun every day on his chariot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how it, yeah. Right. Right. It's interesting that so many cultures have a sun god or goddess. I mean, it makes sense. This is giant ball of fire yeah. in the sky. Yeah, it know. does make sense. It kind of gets your attention. Yeah. <laughs> Fujin, who's the god of the wind, uh, which is an interesting thing to be a god of, I, I thought, like specifically just wind. Uh, he looks kind of like this wizard ogre looking person. He's brothers with Radzin, who's the god of thunder and lightning, as well as storms. Mm-hmm. Um, do they all have shrines? I believe so, or most of them do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of predictions of Radzin with drums, you know, like thunder. like right, that makes and sense. And he looks all crazy, you know, wild-haired and whatnot. Because he's storms, you know, that makes sense. And both brothers are often, like, sewn together, like, in paintings or mm. carvings or mm. what have you. And there's a story about how Radzin defended Japan from invading Mongols by sending storms. Now, in real life history, uh, the Mongols did try to invade Japan twice and both times got their their fleets destroyed by storms. Mm. Ward is still out on divine intervention, but who knows? Uh it is one of those like um kind of crazy coincidences of history yeah, that, that you might want to attribute to something. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, if you believe in that type of stuff uh-huh. and that's part of your belief system yeah. and then suddenly your home is saved from these invading invaders by a natural force twice yeah um yeah i mean i'd probably but buy, buy that sir hataman this one represents kind of archery and warfare huh. uh, you know and this was one of the ones that got greatly influenced by buddhism when it spread to japan because what happened was buddhism originated in like india and it kind of spread across east asia and eventually i can't remember if it was an emperor or just a, a scholar or whoever philosopher whoever someone brought to japan and it kind of became Shinto buddhism which is like a 
kind of merge, uh-huh. you know, of the two beliefs. Uh. That, that changed a few things about this guy. A lot of the stuff I was reading out right over my head. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, there's a it's like referee themes that I don't have context for. So right. I don't know too much about that, but it's interesting. Yeah. Zangi and Zanmi? I'm not sure how to I think I'm I think this is one of those cases where the English is pronounced different or the, the letters are pronounced differently. Whatever. This couple made the Japanese archipelago. Uh, and came before a lot of the other ones. So they're basically like the creator deities in uh, Shintoism. Uh. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot more. And those are like just like the the deities. You know, there's individual like kind of spirits and stuff of like this particular tree or whatever. In uh, the films of um, the Miyazaki, who's like a really famous animator, he, he, he made like My Neighbor Totoro and Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away. A lot of very famous... Um, animated films but he invented for his films a new type of kami which is basically these soot sprites and they're like little balls of soot that like go <gasps> around and stuff they're very cute um and they showed up in like two of his films are otherwise completely unconnected hmm. so it's just like you know it's just a fun thing they show up a lot in like Japanese pop culture like there's some pokemon based off them huh. alongside being based wow. off like animals and he just created them he just made them he up. just made up those ones yeah but like there's also i mean of i'm sorry kami in general not the soot guys they show up a lot in like video games a lot in um like the persona series just a bunch of kind of stories that come of japan still has yeah. like a Isn't lot that of that interesting influence. yeah yeah and that as an outsider we wouldn't recognize it necessarily no we would have a different kind of concept of that mm-hmm. stuff and there's even been like um because japan i don't know if you know this about japan they love monsters they love mermaids they love vampires werewolves aliens like they love monster stuff like that pops up a lot and like even if it's like from like a european or american origins japan eats that stuff up Mm. i don't know why that's just what they're into i guess but the flatwoods monster which is a cryptid thing from america like back in the 50s there was it was was an owl i'm just gonna spoil it it was an owl probably but people thought they saw this crazy looking alien in the woods um this was an american thing i want to say east coast whatever japan got wind of it probably because it's like among monster things that's like a it's a very distinctive look and it's sewn up sometimes in a couple of their video games and their stories as a kami wow you know so stuff like that like they uh they will just kind of like Oh, it's probably this thing, you yeah, know, because that's yeah, kind so of their culture. Yeah, so they adopt it and pull it in. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. Uh, so all the stuff is just really fascinating to me. It's not really history, but I thought that it was a fun little detour while we're talking about history. Yeah, and in a sense, it touches history because it's something that's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, stories probably just passed orally, like mm-hmm. before they were even written down anywhere. They yeah. just get handed down from one generation to the next. And absolutely. And like the, um, I think history and culture kind of goes hand in hand, mm-hmm. um, for better, for worse, you know, and belief, whether or not you personally subscribe to it or not is a massive part of culture, you know, like having, uh, belief systems and stuff. And there's some overlap and there's some drastic different mm-hmm. stuff, you know, mm-hmm. what the Aztecs believed was very different than what, you know, the Europeans at the time believed, you know, it's, I mean, that was different from what it just their creates, neighbors believed. Yeah. yeah. It just creates a whole different context for understanding life in the world. Yeah. You know, Jacob, I was really looking forward to this episode on folklore because it's just something I, I think is really fascinating. I love that you pulled in um, something from the East because I personally am not 
very familiar with, you know, stuff that comes from Eastern cultures. So that was really interesting. That, mm-hmm. Thank you for doing that. I know there's a lot more out there. Of course. In the way I of, didn't even touch Africa. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And that's got to be really rich. You think oh, of the yeah, really oral absolutely. tradition, oral historical tradition, um, passing down stories. So, yeah, you cover kind of a lot of ground in, in a short period of time. So that's cool. Kind of cracked the nut for us to go <laughs> dig in a little bit more. So that's cool. Thank you so much for, for bringing that to us. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope our audience enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And so next time, what are we going to look forward to? Well, next time we're going to look at another event. This one's a bit of a uh, interesting kind of mystery, if you will. Uh, have you ever heard of Flight 19? I feel like that sounds familiar to me, but I don't I don't know why. Right. Well, I'll just prephrase it, tease it for next time. It is arguably the most famous disappearance in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, very mysterious. Yeah. So we'll we'll be talking all about that next week. Yeah, cool. So be sure to tune in. Right on. Flight 19 (laughs) up next. And this has been a great, a great episode about uh, folklore. Thank (laughs) you so much, audience. Thanks for being there. Bye. Confucius once said, study the past if you would define the future. You've been listening to the History Slices podcast with Jacob and Rachel. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show. We hope we made you think, and we hope you were entertained. We know we had fun, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at History Slices and on Instagram at History Slices Podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show, and tell a friend about the show. That'll help us out, too. One more quote before we go from Michael Crichton. If you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it's part of a tree. Till next time, this is History Slices, signing off.